Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. of Matthew, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, is the land of Judah, art not least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he heard, had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and search diligently for the young child and when ye have found him bring me word again that I may worship him also when they had heard the king they departed and lo the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they depart into their own country another way. Father, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, may your word really find in our hearts a place to reside. And that, Lord, we would be obedient to the word that we've heard and the word that we will yet hear. Now, help me, Lord, your servant, be found decreasing as we watch you increase in this place. Lord, as we desire, Lord, to not just be a hearer, 
Help us, Lord, to be a doer. And when everything is said and done, souls are converted, lives are changed. We'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Let everyone say in Jesus' name. Before you're seated, let me just go to the very first verse of our reading. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, Judea, days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. In the remainder of the time that I have left, I'd like to minister to you from this thought. Wise men still seek the king. Yes, as we go back to this account, dating where we find in the scriptures this story, this account, this factual birth. It brings me to mind why we are here, why we are celebrating this season, this time. It is what we call the birth of Christ. And we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But let's just be real. The birth of Christ is known all around the world. And we have, especially in Christendom, we marked it on our calendars. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But let me say the main thing we need to get out of it is that one day our Savior was born. And we know for sure one day he died. But we also have the hope that he's been resurrected again. And because of that resurrection, we can live to face any day in this pandemic. Wise men still seek the king. The words wise men translated magi refers to a group of men who may have studied the stars, which we refer to as astrology. Here we notice the wise men, in other words, foreigners. They came from the east without much biblical understanding. And yet these were the ones who set aside everything. Somebody work with me and say everything. Oh, we could learn a lesson from the wise men. Because they left their home of origin. They left everything to go seek the king. They left everything that they had in their lives to truly seek after the king, which was born in the city of Bethlehem. What a difference. What a different response from that of Herod, the king who knew the Messiah and what his birth meant to the Jewish people. Instead of rejoicing, like we saw the wise men, instead of rejoicing of his coming, Herod would try to kill baby Jesus. Why? Because he viewed him as a rival and one who could take control away from him. So now, let's take and put what we all call Christmas into a biblical perspective. There's no scripture in the Bible that refers to December the 25th as being the day that Jesus was born. You don't have to say nothing. You don't have to say, oh no, oh me. I'm giving you facts. 
There's no place in the scripture that you can turn and says December the 25th was the day that Jesus was born. However, what we've embraced mm -hmm, in Christianity is to acknowledge the birth of Jesus. And we do well to do that. We then say it was because around the season or the time. When Jesus was born, it was uh, the time of the harvest. So this gives us an approximate month in which he was born. Therefore, we've designated December the 25th as the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's important for us to understand what we call Christmas and how we now celebrate it. It's a far cry from what it was intended to be. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. It's so commercialized now. It's all about the Benjamins. It's all about the bottom line, the profit. P-R-O-F-I-T, businesses walk away with. It's all about you as parents wanting to get little Johnny the latest PlayStation, the latest Jordans. It's getting going, going to get real quiet in here. I'm just trying to help you out. Now, today is about wise men still seek the king. But I would be doing you a disservice not to reveal to you that what we now have embraced as Christmas is a far cry. It's not doing what it intended. We allow commercialism of that day to come in. And now people, instead of saying Merry Christmas, we say Happy Holiday. Some stores even have still Xmas. Take Christ, everything, nothing to do with him. So that's why it's important for us to understand what we're celebrating and why we celebrate it. And we have to understand that these wise men sought truly to seek the Lord. These wise men. So let's, let's go back to the account of the wise men. Because they came from the east to do what? To worship and to present their gifts, which contained gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And once again, allow me to point out that the scripture doesn't say that there were three wise men. It referenced gifts that were presented to Christ, which was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But nowhere does it say it was three wise men. Let me ask the question. Where did we get that from? Well, perhaps we derived that because there were three gifts, not three wise men. Now, the scripture does speak of the three gifts, but never how many wise men it were. However, the Bible does speak of three shepherds, hello, who we find at the manger welcoming baby Jesus, who's wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's in Luke 2 and 12. And when the Magi had found Jesus, he was approximately two years old. And when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and they worshipped him. And when they had treasures, they presented unto him. Somebody say it was all about Jesus. It was about if they gave gifts, 
It was about giving him the gifts. They opened up their treasure. This is what they had. They had gold in there. They had frankincense and they had myrrh. It was customary in the ancient East for those who came into the presence of royalty, which they had, or who sought the favor of the monarch to present gifts. The treasures opened up by the Magi were treasure chests containing their valuables. It's time for us to start giving God some things that's valuable to us. Sometimes we give people what we want them to have instead of what God wants them to have. If I'm not mistaken, I don't want to call the wrong person, but I believe it was Cleflo Dollar. And, and God wanted him to, to give some of uh, his clothes to, I guess, someone that was in need. He didn't mind. He's got a lot of clothes. If I'm not mistaken, this is who it is. And so he, he took and he gave him what he wanted him to have. And then the Lord spoke to him and said, ah, wait, wait a minute, what about that one? See, these wise men brought treasures that were valuable to them. The gold was valuable. The frankincense was valuable. The myrrh was valuable. And from these, they presented the child, King Jesus, with the gifts, which were prophetic symbols of the roles that he will fulfill in his lifetime. Let's look at each one of these independently. The gold. The gold was a gift presented to royalty, thus symbolizing Jesus' role as the long-awaited king of the Jews, the Messiah, the anointed one. The word frankincense refers to a tree and the incense made from its sap. The gift of frankincense suggested divinity or the priesthood of the child as it was and incense burned on altars, because we knew that was the purpose, and that's what priests did. Myrrh similarly extracted from tree resin and was an ointment. Now watch this. It was an ointment used for burial in many African traditions. Next time you talk to Pastor Ben, he'll tell you. It was used to put on the person that was dead. And still in Africa today, that's a tradition. Myrrh is a much valued spice or sense oil that is still used in many parts of Africa and Asia. Myrrh suggested the role of Jesus as the one who would die for the sins of the world. John 1.29. Minister Prescott, do me a favor. Get, get me John 1.29 real quick. Sister Teresa, if you wouldn't mind, follow up on uh, John eleven forty nine and 52. You see, th- it was prophesied that Jesus would come into the world, that the Savior of the world would be born, and then that same Savior would die. And so there was already provisions made, unlike some of us, because we don't like to talk about when we're going to die. Matter of fact, we'll leave that to our family after we gone. But see, we thank you, Jesus. 
we need to watch what our Savior did. There was already preparations for his death. Myrrh was going to be given, an ointment to put over the body. But what you have to understand, it, it suggested the role that Jesus would play as the one who would die for the sins of the world. John 1 and 29, sir. And it reads, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, behold. He says what? Behold. In other words, look here. Read. The Lamb of God. The what? The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. God already had this in his mind. I was going to have a sacrifice prepared for you. Read. Which taketh away the sin. Which of the what? Taketh away the sin. What does it do? Taketh away the sin. It takes away the sin of what? Of the world. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It, it was the blood of Jesus that made it possible for us to be where we are today. In John 11, 49 through 52, Sister Teresia. And one of them named Cephas, uh -huh. being the high priest that same year, uh -huh. said unto them. Listen what he said. What did he say? We know nothing at all. Now consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people. One man should die for the people. And that the whole nation and perish not. The whole nation perish not. And that the whole nation perish not. How many of you know that he wished that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance? It's not God's design for us to die as a sinner. Because he paid the ultimate price. Please read. And this spake he not of himself. And this spake he not of himself. But being high priest that year. Uh-huh. He prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. He did what? He prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. He said, listen, folk. Stop pushing up against him. He has a purpose. I want to say for a moment. Jesus was driven by passion, and his passion fueled his purpose. This is what I'm saying. He would be the one who would die for the sins of the world. Are you finished? And not for that nation only. And not for that nation only. But that also he should gather together in one of the children of God. Wait a minute. So that means it, he's not just a savior of the blacks, not just a savior of the whites, not just the savior of the Hispanics, and I can just keep going on and on. Every ethnicity, every person that's a human being, and let me just say this, he died for the human race, not a race. Amen. I want to set the record straight. Because wise men still seek the king. And the wisdom that they showed in seeking that king is the same wisdom that we should seek after. Also, he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Listen, there are many people that are not in the fold of yet. They're scattered. They're scattered abroad. They're in the projects. They're in the housing areas. They're in the hood. They're all over. But that's our job. That's our responsibility to go there, knock on the door, ring the bell. I just want to share with you Jesus.
The fact is that God, the creator of heavens and the earth, came in the form of a baby, born in a manger. Think about it a moment. A manger is a place where the stinky and smelly animals were kept. Why was Jesus there? You remember the account. There was no room in the inn. And, and, and I've, I preached a message one time, no room for Jesus. See, some of us, we have no room in our hearts for him. See, when, when he had his espoused wife, Mary, and they needed a place to lay their head, they went to this place and went to that place, went to another inn, and they said, I'm sorry, we have no room, but we do have a manger. And so we find him in the stinky, smelly place called a manger where animals are housed. And as God the creator, he left his throne of glory to come to earth in human form as the baby Jesus. Why did he do that? I think so we wouldn't be able to say, you don't know how I feel. Because, you know, we, we have a way of throwing off on people. Oh, you don't, know, no, you don't know about what I'm going through. You don't know about none of the pain. You, you don't know about none of the sorrow. You don't know. Yeah, you, you might be right. I don't know. But Jesus knows. And what he knows is that he has the, he's the solution to your problem. He's the answer to your quest. He was a man of sorrow and acquainted with our grief. He knows how we feel. He knows everything about us. And if you just chronicle the life of Jesus for a moment, he didn't stay a baby. <laughs> he became a man. And for 33 and a half years, he walked the earth just like you and I did as a human being. With one exception, he did no sin. He hungered. He thirsted. And even got tired, as some of us find ourselves. And the Bible demonstrates that. You remember one day while he was uh, going through Samaria, he sat down on the well, was called Jacob's well. Why? Because he was wearied in his journey. And he asked water of the Samaritan woman. You remember that? So then all of the human attributes we have, the Lord experienced. So now, now back to the text. Let's get back to the text. The wise men came to Herod, and they heard about, uh, or excuse me, should I say, Herod heard about the wise men coming from the east. And so when he heard about their journey, he then summons them, and he called them uh, to come, and he wanted to have a talk with them. And they told him that they came from the east to see the child Jesus. Why? Because Isaiah said in 6 and 9, for unto us a child, son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So he comes and we call his name Jesus, Emmanuel, being interpreted as God with us. So the wise men came all the way from the east to behold the child. And so they followed the star. And then Herod, again, he pulled them aside privately. He asked them, when did you see this star? Because now 
what he understands is, and this is what the point I want to really make. Herod knew all about the Messiah. He knew all about that he was coming to be a deliverer for his people. Instead of getting on the program and rejoicing, he's doing just the opposite. He's trying to connive and find out, okay, these men left the Middle East when he was born, and now I need to find out approximately when did they leave so I can narrow down what the age is. Then Herod, when he pulled them aside, he asked them, well, when did you see the star? And he sent them to Bethlehem, telling them to continue, seek the child until they find him, and then bring word back to him, to, to the place where he might come and worship him. Awesome. What he wanted to do was find out the location so he could send his men to kill him. And because Herod knew that these wise men came from the east to see and behold and to worship the Lord, he knew that one thing that they would not do, they would not give up in their search for Jesus. Let me just kind of pause here. How many of you have given up your search? How many of you have given up your desire to go to deeper depths and higher heights in him? How many of you have let your situations dictate to you now how you serve God? Well, Herod knew that they would not give up. He knew that they would continue to seek. He knew that these men were seeking diligently Jesus, the Christ. I wish that there were some here today, some out there, that would not stop seeking the Lord until you find him. Don't just take it from what mom and pops tells you. And, and thank God for, for our parents that are saved and have been saved for years. But, but don't just take it on what mama said or pop pop said. Taste and see for yourself that the Lord is good. These wise men were relentless. We're going to find him all costs. Serving Jesus should literally be at all costs. Somebody once said, you know what? Salvation is free. Uh, I beg to differ. It's free for you. But he paid the ultimate price. But these men said, I'm going to search for him at all costs. That's why Herod said, once you find him, let me know also that I can come and worship him also, the Bible lets us know that they followed until it stood over the house that the child was in. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child. And in other words, they found Jesus. They found the one that they had been seeking for. They found the one that they had been hungering and thirsting for. They found the one that the star said, you know what, if you just follow me, don't detour. Stay focused. I'm going to lead you to Jesus. So they find Jesus. They find him. That once you find Jesus, you'll never lose sight. For decades now, I've been saved. And I say to God, be the glory. I forget when I was a, a young babe in Christ, somebody showed me hard. And he said, what do you see? I said, man, what you mean, what do I see? I don't see nothing because the way you, you had to, in order to, to see what was on the card, there was a name on the card. 
but you had to really focus on just the black lines. And he said, now what do you see? But Lord, to God be the glory, all of a sudden, it seemed like my vision said, whoa! And when I looked, I saw the name. The name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. I hold in and I saw the name. He said, now, and then he tried to trick me up. He said, now what do you see? He turned the card this way, turned that way. I said, Jesus. He said, what do you see? I said, Jesus. What do you see? Jesus. Once you find him, you'll never lose sight of him. No, at first I couldn't make it out. But to God be the glory, once I honed in, once I focused it, blocked all of the negativity out, what I saw was Jesus. That was the name written on that card. You just got to stay focused, brothers. Just got to stay focused, sisters. We just got to stay focused to see Jesus. No matter how things come in your life, and they're coming. Somebody say, they're coming. (laughs) Stay focused. See Jesus. I submit to you, brothers and sisters, guests and or visitors, once you find Jesus, you'll never lose him. These wise men, they found him. They found the Messiah. They found the one that the scripture declares was coming. And when they found him, the Bible said they bowed down and they worshiped him and they offered him gifts. Somebody shout, it's Christmas time. <laughs> ah, yeah, you know what that means? It means it's time for somebody to get some gifts presented to them. It's time for somebody to have somebody that went down on your wish list, and now guess what? I'm here to tell you, that's a good thing. But I also came to make you aware of something, of the traditions that you might be wrapped up in. The trees, the tinsels, the gifts, they're under the tree. But brothers and sisters, let's not forget whose birthday it is. Let's not forget whose birthday it is. And how many of you know that there is a gift that Jesus would like you to give him? Oh, it got quiet there. (laughs) Now it's time for you to give something. But how many of you know that there is a gift that Jesus is looking for you to give him? And nobody can give this gift to Jesus but you. You and you. And I know that all... All you like is gifts, people. All right, let me, let, me, let me put it this way. If you don't like gifts, raise your hand. Just what I thought. <laughs> no hands raised. You know why? Because we like gifts. We do. We, we enjoy opening them. It's thrilling to us to be able to say, oh, man, I can't believe you did this. But I'm sure glad you did. I, I can't believe that you, you bought that for me. Well, I submit to you that Jesus is excited too. Jesus is excited about a gift that comes from you. And you, nobody can give this gift but you. You might be sitting here saying, hmm, what can I give to Jesus? He's got everything. 
What could I possibly give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? The I am that I am. What can I give him that would be presentable? I'm here to tell you that Jesus is looking for a gift on his birthday too. <laughs> it got so quiet. <laughs> Woo! I said Jesus is looking for a gift on his birthday too, I might add. Just as you're excited with great expectation of receiving a gift, I'm not saying this is what he's saying, but what if, just what if, the dialogue went something like this. This is my birthday, and nobody once said, happy birthday, Jesus. No one celebrated the fact that I came to earth in human form. It's my birthday, and everybody's receiving gifts. Let me, let me help y'all, because y'all, y'all, y'all somber today. <laughs> Just imagine, many of you have went to birthday gatherings, all right? Let's just say, yesterday marked the, the year of, of a beautiful young Nubian queen being brought into this earth. And people came by. It was a drive-through now, because we conscious about this COVID. Not trying to get no gatherings in the house, so you just drive by and leave your gifts, right? Now, guess what? That birthday belonged to one person. And one person only. Everybody made it their business that was wanted to give and wanted to be there to give her a gift. Now, what happened? She got all of those gifts. But now, let's stop and say, everybody that brought a gift, instead of giving it to her, they gave it to somebody else and gave it to somebody else and gave it to somebody else. Wouldn't you say, man, something off with that birthday celebration? Something wrong with it. This that this their birthday, but you getting a gift. You getting a gift. You getting a gift. You getting a gift. I'm saying to you, it's his birthday. And what if he's literally saying, I want a gift that can be given to me, but they're withholding it from me. Again, be the same situation. Beautiful, beautiful little baby. It's her birthday. It's time for her to get a gift. You have the gift. You dr- Thank you, Jesus. You drove up in your car. You took time to wrap the gift. You took time to present the gift. But now you have it, and instead of giving it, you withhold it. You don't give it. I think I got somebody's attention with that one. He said, birthday, I want a gift that somebody can give me. I want a gift that somebody wants to give me. I want a gift that you won't hold back. But you'll give it. It's that gift that only you can give again. It's that gift that only you can give. Only you can give it to Jesus. I submit to you, brothers and sisters, that the gift Jesus wants from you is your life. Mm Mm-hmm. I know somebody said, what you mean my life? No, he doesn't want you to die. He wants you to die to the world. He wants you to die to the things of the world. He wants you to die out to secular mindsets of this celebration we call Christmas. 
And he wants now you to celebrate the real meaning of Christmas. The real meaning of Christmas is Christ. That's what we've got to be willing to celebrate is Christ. Now, now I admit there, there are those things that sound like a cliche, like Jesus is the reason for the season. We've heard that, haven't we? Well, if Jesus is really the reason for the season, and he really is, and if we believe that, then why won't we give him what he wants? What he wants is a life that surrendered and yielded and sold out to him, saying, Lord, here I am. Somebody say, Lord, here I am. I'll never forget. It's an account, and many of you know that we have been involved in foreign missions before this ministry. The church we came from, World Harvest, uh, we supported probably 50 missionaries. And uh, this account came from a missionary that had uh, been over there, and they received an offering. They received offerings there uh, just like we do. And so this is a church that's overseas. And mind you, they may not have the people in the region, a lot of people, that have the withal. In that region, they have poor people, destitute people, and having really not much to give. So they were receiving the church offering just like we will do pretty soon. It's that same kind of atmosphere, somewhat, like how we do it here at New Life Ministries. The usher directed the person or the people uh, to come, give. The financial officers, the deacons, they came down to the front, and, and the, the church was large, had people. Had, and, and see, that's another thing. is, is a misnomer. Just because uh, we see videos and we see Pastor Ben's church, it's hundreds of people in his church. But those hundreds of people don't have jobs. A lot of them don't have jobs at all. So please don't let the numbers deceive you. But this church was, it had these people, that, they were now directed to come down uh, front. The officers were there. And they had these very large baskets. Not like ours. <laughs> Their baskets, they brought down to the front. And so while they were doing it, there was one young child who had really been listening very closely to what was being said and how it was said when it was time to receive the offering. And you know, uh, we asked them to pray over the offering and, and to encourage people to give. And, and it just was simply, listen, we want you to give to Jesus. Jesus really needs you to give. So the ushers got to the young man's row. People started getting up. And as these people started going down to the front and they start putting their offering in these huge baskets, the little boy, he, he was perplexed and because he, he, he's sitting in his seat and, and he's wondering, what can I give to Jesus? He said, it's time to give Jesus something. So he walked down to the front of the church, and when it was time to put something into that big, huge basket, he sat in the basket. The officers looked at him, and as they looked at the little boy, he said, all I have to give Jesus is myself. Jesus, you have me. The wise men, they truly were wise. 
the wise men truly sought after the king. And from there, instead of going back the way that, the, that they were supposed to, the king, remember the king said, King Herod said, listen, when you find the child, come back, bring word to me so I might go and worship him. And that was so far from the truth. He wanted to kill him. But see, I'm trying to tell you something. When you have a close relationship to God, God does speak to you. You look on this account, it didn't say an angel spoke to them. God did in a dream and told them, I want you to go another way. I need you to go another way. I don't need you to come back the same way because I know what's in store for you. I know that if you go back to Herod, you won't be leaving. I know if you go to Herod, he's going opportunity to find. What are you seeking? What are you seeking today? Are you seeking the King of Kings and the Lord of? Are you seeking the one that's able to bring a radical change to your life? Frankincense and myrrh. But the question on the floor: What are you going to give him? What are you going to give him this day? You see, because once we recognize that it's time for us to leave and go another way and don't come back the same way, many of you came in here one way this morning, but it's my prayer that you leave another way. God doesn't want you to leave here with that baggage of worry and despair. He doesn't want you to leave here the way you came in. He wants, to leave, he wants you to leave in another way. That of casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. God wants you to leave another way. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are past. Behold, all things are become new. And you know, if you're going to be a new creature in Christ, you have to be born again. What Jesus told Nicodemus. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We know what that means. Because Peter said, repent and to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He wants you to go another way. Don't come back the same way. In my closing, wise men still seek the Lord. Wise men still seek the King. Wise men still seek to be in a relationship with God. What are you seeking for? Is it fame? Is it fortune? The Bible says that for what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall he give in exchange for his soul? Can I get you to stand? Wise men still seek the king. And the question on the floor is... What are you seeking? With every head bowed and all eyes closed, we can learn a lesson from the Magi. We can learn a valuable lesson and to seek and to not stop until we find. We can learn a lesson from the wise men because they were willing to leave everything that they knew they didn't have much biblical knowledge, but one thing that they knew, that the stars were aligned and the star would lead them to the one. 
that will give them salvation. Brothers and sisters, guest visitors, those there that may be watching, could you please start seeking after God with all of your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and all your strength? Could you please find yourself this Christmas with an attitude of gratitude for what you do have and not fret what you don't have or what you weren't able to buy somebody. Because the real meaning of Christmas, it is you, Christ, the hope of glory. Lord, help us to be seeking you. If there's anybody here that's God placed in your heart that you know you haven't been seeking him, but you want to seek him more, the altar is open. All righty. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, Father. I got to give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I got to give you praise. Because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive. And with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.